Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Welcome everyone to Behind the Scenes podcast series brought to you by Kalari Capital. Today, I have Akrit Vaish, CEO of Haptic, one of the largest conversational AI platforms, joining me to share his learnings and insights on scaling a company and many other topics. Akrit, welcome to Kalari Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, no, thanks so much, uh, Vani, for uh, having me here. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to this, uh, to the next uh, hour or so uh, to uh, you know, discuss uh, a lot of what we've done. You know, Akrit, um, I remember when I had first met you and you were very, very early. I would call you a pioneer in the whole space of conversational uh, AI. I think you started back in uh, 2013. And sometimes being a first mover is an advantage and at other times not. So how do you see... Uh, in your case or in general, your thoughts on being early to market? Yeah, so look, I mean, I'm obviously going to be very biased given the journey we've had and the learnings we've had. Um, But it's such an interesting question to start with, Bani, because, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot now with my team or with other founders or even as I think about, you know, for myself, businesses, ideas, products, you know, there was uh, um, Idea Lab is an incubator in uh, in LA. Bill Gross is, uh, you know, the famous uh, founder. Yeah. And uh, about three or four years back, while we were in the middle of figuring out a lot of things with Haptic, I remember I was just kind of, you know, one day on, on YouTube seeing one of his uh, presentations on one of the demo days. And he basically asked the entire audience of like some thousand or people that, hey guys, I'm going to put five things on the slide. And you need to tell me what is the most important factor in getting a startup business right. And he said, this is basically based on data of what we've collated across our portfolio, hundreds of companies. And we looked at every company and we saw that what was the major driving factor. And he put down like, I think five things, which included team, uh, capital, market size, uh, market timing, um, or idea there we go idea team capital market size and the timing of the actual idea and he came out with saying that our surveys and our data suggest that the number one thing that influenced large companies was actually the timing Hmm. Um, and uh, to answer your specific question ever since then this has resonated with me so much because of what we went through at haptic right to your point back in 2013 you know, we felt that we were pioneering an industry. I don't think I would do that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think, uh, and the only reason is, um, sure, at the end of it today, seven years later, it feels like, okay, good, great. You know, you were part of the, part of the few who made the industry. Um, but if people, people not being ready for a certain product or technology is as bad as people not wanting it at all you know like at least that's what my take is like people want something when they want it not people want something when you are trying to you know give them something so i think um, um, 
as as we think about or as i think about products or businesses today i this is like the number one thing that i think about every, every single time which is is this product or business right for the customer today or in the next 12 to 18 months while this goes out well you know still having said that uh, you haven't done badly at all right you are personally considered a leader in the space and haptic is you know one of the largest uh, uh, players in conversational ai so despite um, challenges for a pioneer leading from the front you have managed to scale which sometimes companies don't yeah. and from for me having observed you i think it comes with your acumen to um, make the decisions you need to make at any given time with maturity and uh, you know with pragmatism you know so but i want to understand from you how uh, you have managed to scale and what has been sort of the uh, learnings and scars uh, you know you you incurred along the way yeah i think uh, when you're trying to invent a new category or being a pioneer as you put it um, i think the meaning of the word persistence takes a whole new different dimension see entrepreneurship whatever you probably have seen this many more times than anybody else you know is a game of persistence right you just have to keep trying keep trying keep going at it uh, but especially when trying to build something new which people may not know or investors may not be familiar with uh, like i said it takes on a whole different meaning um, i think um, uh, for us uh, one of the things particularly in the early days we try to do was we try to basically have this mindset of ensuring that we continue to stay in the game like at least for us in the first 3 to 4 years it was a lot just about that and i know this sounds contrary to um you know what a lot of others may say that you play the game to win the game i think for us because it was also new so early nobody understood it uh the whole idea was as long as we can stay in the game as long as we can ensure that we're doing okay we're surviving we're growing we're putting the right team together that inflection point will arrive at some point you know uh and that for at least the category as a whole happened about 3 years back where all of a sudden not all of a sudden it was happening but basically it reached a point where enough businesses enough brands felt that this technology could really help them um with uh, you know improving whether it's their customer support whether it's their internal operations and so on um and that's when and I, again I, i remember you telling me this long time back you know when you know right you know when you know that it is now starting to turn because there's enough there you have more to do that you can chew um and uh, that's what started happening so i think i like to break this up in like sort of you know well there are actually four phases but broadly the two phases is one large one is just staying in the game continuing to do some things experiment with products continuing to keep costs low ensuring that you have enough uh, runway to keep doing your experiments and then at some point when it starts turning then really pushing the pedal on it right then really saying that look now is the time to scale and now is the time to really rapidly scale um, which is when which is right about the time when we you know uh, partnered with uh, reliance akrut that 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 brings me to a different question mna right the elephant in the room 
I say that because oftentimes investors are more open to consider an M&A. Founders uh, at times think of that somehow as a failure of their uh, dream and uh, uh, vision. And media doesn't help because they paint it somehow as a cop out, you know. Uh, yet you have successfully, uh, you know, grown your business uh, post uh, MA. So, talk about how and when a founder should reconcile uh, with the idea of MA and more importantly, how sometimes that could be a path to truly achieve your vision. Lots of questions in there. And uh, as you can imagine, something I've deeply thought about uh, a lot over the years. Um, let's see, right? So I think, uh, well, let's back up a little bit, right? Till about five years back, uh, and you know, I know you used to be the most vocal uh, sort of, uh, you used to be very vocal about this thought, which I remember that you used to tell all of, the, all of us founders. Till about five years or six years back, the whole notion of MA in India was very lacking in the first place, right? There was not, you didn't have, the Flipkart had just about, you know, seen light of the day, but you didn't really have the homegrown Googles or Facebooks, it's now happened. And you didn't have, you know, the older companies uh, like the AT&Ts or Verizons also become very active yet, right? And then all of a sudden, sort of five years back, both of these things started happening. You now have enough large decacons or so that are doing so many acquisitions. And then now um, companies like uh, Reliance and Tata and Times, Times of India for that matter, are, are also acquiring. Um, so again, <laughs> when when we did our uh, when we were acquired or when 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 sort of the Reliance deal happened, we were again early to that whole idea itself, right? Like we were, I think, the second or the third uh, acquisition that Reliance made in the entire tech ecosystem. Broadly, if you look at from an India perspective, uh, there was we were amongst maybe the top ten or fifteen acquisitions ever done in the space again. Um, and that, you know, doesn't speak so, so highly because it was just, there were not that many. Any, any uh, investment or acquisition fundamentally starts out like a partnership, right? Like it's always like, you know, do you see eye to eye with the person that you're going to be doing business with? Um, and when we thought about this and when the whole reliance opportunity came along, we weren't actually actively thinking at that time of, uh, you know, uh, uh, selling majority, we were we were still thinking about how to grow the business through capital and so on. Um, and uh, you know, when it came along, it just it felt like there was something that they were trying to do over here, uh, which would help us see our vision a lot sooner and a lot faster than if we were to do this on our own. And then we looked at uh, some examples that existed not in India. So if you think about what Instagram and WhatsApp have been able to do being part of Facebook or what YouTube has been able to do being a part of Google. These are very common examples, but there are many others, right? We spoke to a lot of people, uh, friends and colleagues of mine uh, back in the Valley uh, and investors and others over here as well that look, how do we think about these things? And I think um, um, it, I remember one person telling me this, that, you know, you can think about it like an exit or a start but it all depends on how you want to think about it, right? If you think about it like an exit, then it'll be an exit. Then you will not be able to do much. Then even externally, it may seem to others that it was a 
pop out for lack of lack of better words and then that's what it will become and you'll stick around and you know leave but if you think of it like a start right and if you think of it that this is a new opportunity to really try and build and grow the business to become as large as it can then hopefully everybody will see it that way and you will be able to do something interesting with the business so that's when we took the call i think uh, reliance was very very uh, clear that they wanted to run this or have this run as an independent operation um, you know they put down a lot of things on paper and otherwise to say that we want you to succeed and we want you to realize a vision and as long as you do um, there is enough uh, enough in this for you to make it worth your time over the next few years um, yeah and then the rest is uh, rest is history as they say no you know uh, we are having this conversation which is also new to me because while kalari was an investor with haptic and we were very proud of you as a founder and working with you uh, we had sold our shares to times internet and of course subsequently when you sold to reliance it was news to us in the paper as it was news to anybody else so we can't claim any credit uh, you know for that but i'm really glad um, to see you you know thriving and building this at um, scale and i think more mnas will happen uh, in the in the in the country i kind of want to come back to haptic but i want to switch for a moment to your emerging evolving role of course you are running a large uh, scale uh, you know cutting edge uh, business and you've done really well as a founder from your own personal growth but you're also wearing a hat of encouraging other founders and uh, you know supporting the startup um, ecosystem so from that vantage what really interests you when you see uh, an emerging uh, startup opportunity no absolutely it's a great question uh, i think uh, uh, much like most people uh, who start uh, making early stage investments in startups it was accidental uh, where uh, essentially a couple of uh, Uh, people i knew were starting something doing something and i felt like i wanted to be a part of that journey um so uh, yeah so it's been it, it, it's a firstly it's a great time um we are outside of what's happening obviously today or right now across across the country from a healthcare perspective um, you know from an opportunity and a internet perspective there's obviously no better time to build a business in india um, that than has been over the last few years so as a result uh, friends colleagues uh, ex colleagues um, you know people who we just come to know through the ecosystem you know uh, founder network as part of the kalari group all of those folks you know whenever uh, they're trying to start out something you know we just end up sort of chatting right that how are they doing it and if there's any ways and i can help we all know this the entire uh, uh tech community is uh, is super connected and and i think very helpful in being willing to reach out and just sort of brainstorm on ideas so that's how some of this started um and uh, yeah uh, now uh, been been actively involved in investing in in a fair number of companies uh, what do i look for uh, i think uh, coincidentally mani about half of them end up being uh, now end up being people who i just know in general right uh each so like there are at least four or five ex haptic people um there's four or five ex you know fellow founders who we've just been in touch with so many years um there's others who you know were working somewhere else who i had interviewed and then we weren't able to make it work so 
half of them just end up being um, an extended network and um, you know if you've known the person for a long enough time um, and you believe that they are going to build an interesting and exciting company at some at some point that really is 90% of of sort of the conviction um, which is just the person or the team or you know who they are and what they are trying to do for the remaining um, uh, folks who i may not know from from the past i think most of these end up starting out just being like hey let me see how i can help uh, are there areas you are struggling with are there people you want to meet are there things that you want you know to brainstorm with and a lot of these end up being end up end up starting at that um and then after that uh, um there are uh, broadly uh, uh, sort of three or four things that i asked myself the question before making a decision whether to end up helping somebody or investing in somebody one is that uh, um how well does the founder actually understand the problem statement in the market like are they really glued to it or is this something that came just as a uh as a thought otherwise um uh, second is uh, timing like i mentioned to you um, because i have sort of seen that myself so just is this ready for it today and then the third is the larger market opportunity i think one of the things um, with um, you you asked about scale right i think i am um, very clear that anything i want to be involved with now needs to be really really mega scale like it need or it has to have the potential to be that if it doesn't that's fine you know i mean and same thing with haptic right we could still blow it up but uh, the idea is that uh, at least the theoretically there should be an opportunity to see something at massive scale um so that's the third thing that i so akrit if you had one piece of advice that either you wish you had uh, say 2013 or you know one piece of advice you really want to pass on to uh, founders that are listening uh, what would that be god there's so many <laughs> <laughs> uh, so many things i've written to my young that 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 so many will be a book interview i'll do with you when yeah, you write the book <laughs> to my younger self at uh, so many different points i think uh, you know it may sound very mundane very trivial but this is specifically to my younger self right um the fundamentals of a business are always the same no matter what business you're trying to do mm-hmm. uh, and that fundamentals of business are revenue and profitability right don't lose sight of that i think this whole idea which where we started was which was you know no we'll build technology we'll figure out how to monetize that is not true i think that is fiction i think uh, the i would encourage my my younger self and every single young entrepreneur today that which whatever you do from day one don't forget about the fundamentals they may happen at a different time you may go about doing them differently but the fundamentals of actually at, at least building a for profit venture back company will always remain the same awesome uh, akrud this is fascinating and fantastic so really good